0: Welcome to the Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. Today we welcome back AGC's Director of Safety and Health Services, Kevin Cannon. You may remember when he talked with us a while back about the OSHA rule on respiral silica, which, by the way, is scheduled to go into effect on September 23rd. And I believe you've got a webinar coming
1: up that talks about that. Yeah, on the 18th of September, ahead of the Enforcement date. We're planning to have a webinar, and while we will touch on what the requirements of the rule are, I think the most important piece is that we'll have participation from contractors who've been uh, working towards compliance well ahead of you know the pending September 23rd date. So hopefully, we'll be able to pull out some best practices, uh, some challenges with implementation that they faced, and maybe have a good discussion amongst uh, you know the panelists as well as those uh, in attendance. Well, that's not Sounds real great,
0: uh, and welcome back to the Constructor Cast. Today, though, uh, instead of silica, uh, I want to talk about a pair of research documents that AGC published this summer. Uh, the first is a study on construction fatalities so how did this study kind of come about what led to it how did this get off the ground
1: um you know, at the time we started discussing it uh, we noticed that there was an uptick in the number overall number of construction fatalities uh, there was a time where we started to see you know decent numbers not good you know as we've always said one fatality is one too many um, but you know in 2011 you know we saw 730 construction fatalities which was by far the lowest that's been on record for some time if ever um, but then when you started looking at the numbers in 2012 13, 14 and now in the 15 you've seen that there's been you know, a steady increase between 11 and 12 there was a 9% increase um, not so much between 12 and 13 with a 2% but ultimately right now we're at 937 wow. Uh fatalities reported for 2015 and you know given the fact that construction is you know going steady and improving um, in most areas and combined with the fact that we've been hearing the skilled labor shortage we think that's um, enough to to focus our attention on efforts to prevent fatalities especially for those who may be new to construction so it was just a combination of you know an uptick in the numbers and um, just the reports we heard from members and the industry as a whole as far as the skilled labor labor shortage. So we went out
0: and, and contacted the, uh, this is a, the Virginia Tech School of Construction, right? The, yes, um,
1: Myers Lawson School of Construction. We went to
0: them and said, we've got this idea for a study. Mm-hmm. Can you help us with it? How, uh, how did that work?
1: Yeah, and you know, they've done uh, safety research in the past, um, you know, for uh, NIOSH as well as just studies uh, that they've uh, commissioned. So we thought it would be a, a good outfit to uh, work with. So, how did they go through this data? What sort of methodology was there? We uh, went to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they're the ones who publish these numbers each year that I just cited. And so, um, you know, what we get as the general public are typically just you know the raw numbers. Um, whereas, when you're conducting research, you have the ability um, to uh, apply for access to the research files, and the research files have much more information. You know, they have the incident reports, um, you know, coroner reports, death certificates, you know, all of that information that you can review um, to really identify what the cause was and, um, you know, the type of activity and some of the things we tried to pull out in the report so um, that's where we see it a little different you know where it's uh, um, it does give us numbers but it also um, was looking at the um, uh, the narratives associated with it uh, which is how we ultimately came up with some of the recommendations that are included within the uh, report
0: thanks so they went through and read all of those and, and there
1: were I several hundred, I assume. Uh, A couple thousand. A couple thousand. So this is a multi-year study. Yeah, it was uh, 2010 to 2012. And, you know, at that time when we first approached BLS, it was 2014, and um, the data uh, was lagging two years. So the latest uh, reports was 2012, so we just asked for three years, beginning with 2010. Okay, so they go through all of these reports, and and what did
0: they ultimately come up with? What is what were some of the key findings?
1: I'll say, for the most part. Um, What was uh, identified in the uh, study was consistent with previous studies. You know, falls were the leading cause of fatalities in construction, you know, specialty trades, being that they are the ones who are, you know, the most active on the drop site were the ones who experienced the highest uh, rate of fatalities. So I I think it kind of confirmed what previous research had uh, identified. But some of the things that uh, we identified as new findings, um, you know, most fatalities occur between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. with a peak at 12, you know, lunchtime. Small contractors, um, you know, with less than 10 employees accounted for 47% of the fatalities. So, um, you know, there were some of the things that we picked out as new findings. There were a few others, but I think those are the ones that jumped out um, at us, and especially given that a large uh, percentage of, you know, AGC's membership fit that small contractor category. For the, the falls,
0: like you said, that kind of reinforced a lot of what we already know that falls are some of the the biggest hazards in construction Mm -hmm. um were there particular kinds of falls or just falls in general
1: uh ladders they're used pretty much all over job site and so you know that was one of the things you know ladders is is a big uh, part of the numbers of fatal falls so um again that you know kind of Made us realize there's an opportunity to kind of revisit ladder safety, and that's been one of the discussions we've had with our uh, network of chapter safety professionals is working to do more to promote ladder safety. And we've focused
0: on falls a lot uh, in the past as, as AGC. That's one of the, the focus four hazards, right?
1: So it's yeah. it's falls, falls, electrical, struck bys, and caught in in betweens. But falls is always the leading. And those are the safety pro training programs that we've promoted. Uh, yes. For- years for years
0: yeah and chapters have worked with us on this to To
1: deliver the training um, you know through the hardwood grants uh, we also make them uh material that we developed under the Harwood Grants available on the AGC website for free, so um, we try to get the information out there. So from a contractor perspective, yeah. when you look at these study uh, findings,
0: you know, falls, specialty trades, yeah. noon hour, what are the kinds of takeaways that you could specifically say, these are things that I can implement in my business now to help me improve my safety program?
1: Well, um, first, you know, the report was designed to be uh, a benchmarking tool. Um, for contracts. You know, to look at their operations, see how they fared, you know, fortunately um, there's a lot of folks who may not experience a fatality but it doesn't mean this information is not useful to you um, so we kind of promote it in that way it's a benchmarking tool so you can look at um, your experiences with injuries and illnesses and hopefully again not fatalities but even you know looking at your injuries and illnesses and um, find where there's opportunities for you to uh, improve and hopefully use the recommendations that we've put forward in the uh, report I'm kind of interested with this, like, 10 a.m. to, what was, the, what was that slot, 10 to 10 a.m. to uh, 3 p.m. with the peak at 12, lunchtime. So
0: the commonly held assumption is that generally the later in the day, as, as things finish up, as people mm-hmm. rush to finish things or t- rush to go home, there are more... Uh, instances of injuries, but yeah. this is sort of uh, challenging that consensus and pushing it to more in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. What activities or, you know, I mean, obviously you said it's, it's lunchtime, but what is feeding this this uptick, do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think um, we were able to pull that out in okay. the report, but, um, you know, there's been talk about the break time, and you're kind of forced to get back into work mode, and, you um, And so I think, um, you know, what I've heard from some of or at least one other contractor is that they've started to, uh, you know, have a safety discussion toolbox talk before folks return to work after lunch to get them focused on the task at hand and all the safety issues or hazards that may be involved with uh, what they're doing. So I think, you know, getting them refocused after the break time. Um, is helpful. Yeah, I know
0: coming back from lunch is never <laughs> I'm, I'm not usually at my peak performance, right? Place, so <laughs> I, I can imagine you know, coming back from a lunch break mm-hmm. on a contracting site And then you know that having that refocus I think would be really really helpful yep. were there other areas or maybe like Uh, population segments that this study took a look at that would be interesting, you know, whether it's ethnic or age groups that would be you want to draw some attention to?
1: I think ultimately it showed that everybody's vulnerable and that, you know, the focus should be on every worker and not a particular demographic. Um, So basically, you know, deliver that same message consistently to the entire crew um, is what I think the uh, report suggests.
0: That's interesting because I know that some of the conventional wisdom coming out of the recession has been that a lot of our um, more seasoned employees have retired or couldn't find work Mm -hmm. coming back and that's part of the the workforce shortage Mm -hmm. that the industry is experiencing now. So there's a lot of new people that are coming into the industry. Do you think that that's having an impact on the rise in fatality rates that you said you know since 2011 was the was the low watermark mm-hmm. and that was sort of really considered the height of the recession yeah. and then the years following that as, as the industry sort of returned back to work all these new people were coming into the industry so do you think that's uh, an emphasis on training is what's needed now?
1: Well yeah and I think you know a few years back I, I can't remember the exact year it was uh, when we did the workforce survey we started asking these questions you know what kind of impact is the uh, skilled labor shortage having on your safety experience or performance and um, you know while we didn't get you know, a large percentage of folks and you know it's causing you know more injuries or fatalities there was a good enough portion that said yeah we've seen a change and so we published the 13 uh, tips for um, improving safety and health and um, it's a lot of it is focused on training and I think that's the key to it is uh, to train each employee whether they're the seasoned employee or new employee i think everybody would benefit from training
0: and those 13 points came out of the Safety Awards, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, they did. Right?
1: So how does that work? The Safety Awards, we bring in uh, the finalist contractors, whom we feel are the best of the best. And we just uh, compile all the good components of their programs and make it available to the AGC uh, members and you know non-members on our website. Just about a month ago, we completed the document. And it's now a new document posted. So I think it's uh, helpful. Highlights a lot of the uh, uh, program elements that uh, contractors have found successful. So you have a
0: distillation of some of the best, most highlighted, safest projects in the country, and what makes them the safest, and that's a, and multi. You have multiple years of that, yes. um, are just available on the AGC website. Yes, we're great. That's fantastic. I definitely encourage listeners to go to take a look at that. Um, so you had talked uh, about one of the the surveys that AGC. Uh, runs on an annual basis that was the the workforce survey but one another one that we've been working on for the last couple of years is also a, a little bit more niche it's the highway work zone safety survey so this is a survey of highway contractors and the impact of work zone safety on their job sites so do you maybe want to talk a little bit about that one
1: I can say this has been going on um, for many years, uh, is the fact that, uh, you know, looking for ways to better protect highway workers. They are out amongst the traveling public, and they are normally protected by just barrels on the highway, which right. I don't think do much in stopping, you know, three thousand plus vehicle or even greater in size when you get to uh, uh, your truck so um, we just wanted to find out you know what the contractors experiences were in that area as far as the highway work zone survey is concerned you know what type of incidents are you seeing um, on your projects were there a lot of contractors that say they had experienced
0: work zone crashes
1: yeah uh, 44% of the respondents uh, stated that they've experienced a, uh, a crash in their work zone in the past 12 months. Wow, that's really high. Um, you know, 32% report that they've experienced five or more in the past 12 months. So it's something that's happening out there. So this is, you know, a, a,
0: an epidemic maybe of vehicle intrusions into contractor job sites and some of which cause, you know, some contractors experience this very frequently and, and these are things that also cause fatalities.
1: Yep, injuries and fatalities as well. Um, one of the things again um, we ask is you know if you answered yes, uh, were there any injuries as a result? And 25% uh, reported that yes, you know there were injuries, and 11% reported that they had fatalities. Uh, in the uh, work zone um, crashes but you know one of the things that uh, I think we try to also emphasize is that it's the motorist who is equally vulnerable um, In the fact that 49% of uh, injuries reported with 13% reporting fatalities so they're slightly more likely to to die in those crashes than the worker itself so I think it's uh, Something of interest from you know the contractor side as well as the uh, traveling public,
0: and that's not even. I mean, obviously the impact to life is is you know the most important thing here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, not only does it. it- frequently you know result in injuries or fatalities Mm -hmm. in this case but it also poses a pretty strong risk to a contractor's schedule
1: right so you know not only is it uh, an impact on the workers and the motorists as far as you know harm is concerned but uh, it also has an impact on the uh, contractor as far as um, completing the project and it seemed like the vast majority of the respondents also Talked
0: about how the risk now is greater than it was before. It's an increasing kind of risk. It
1: is. And again, I I wish we could have the crystal ball to figure out you know what makes folks think is it more cars on the road is it you know distractions i mean even though we have the um hands-free laws uh, i don't know how many times you guys see it but you have the folks who are still fiddling with their phone with their devices while they're in the car i'm pretty sure Uh, every
0: single person who's ever driven has had that experience of being almost run off the
1: road or cut off by somebody who's on their cell phone and i think also impatience you know they don't like to be slowed down because of construction you know they're uh, yeah, you, you hear the stories about, uh, you know, the workers or flaggers having things thrown at them because the motor's just does not like being slowed down.
0: Construction, I guess, can be frustrating for <laughs> those of us not <laughs> in the industry. So now that the, the, I guess we'll call it the summer driving season is really in full effect, mm-hmm. um, what has AGC been doing to to try and alert folks of... Uh, construction work zones
1: Um, I know the uh, Public Affairs Department has done a great job of raising the awareness amongst the uh, traveling public and highlighting the dangers of traveling through the work zone you know press event uh, was held Uh, right before Memorial Day, and then uh, radio ads have also been distributed in certain markets. Um, I know a lot of our chapters are also engaged in efforts within their respective states uh, to raise awareness about highway work zone safety and inform the public. So it's an effort that AGC is uh, very passionate about um, and try to do our part, as well as uh, a lot of our chapters whose members are primarily highway contracts
0: and it's something that that AGC has also been working with congress on it's one of those things, one of those rare items in congress that has truly bipartisan support is trying to create some additional barriers between contractors and the active roadway out there so can you explain kind of what those what positive barriers are what that means and how that uh works yeah
1: um and i'll give credit to brian Deary for this one uh he's been leading the charge on the hill to get you know the safety uh the uh safety language and you know the the legislation um uh, as it relates to positive barriers but basically instead of a, a barrel or cone it's the concrete barrier the Jersey wall right as you know some people might refer to them as and I think that is um, uh, something that would offer much more resistance to a traveling vehicle than your cones and barrels so um, that's why we've been pushing for positive protection is just so that you know they have um, a, a greater sense of safety working behind um, a wall than they do behind cones. And I know that that provision
0: has been in the highway reauthorization bill um, uh, multiple times now. I know Mm -hmm. the last one was more of a sense of Congress that this is a legislation and and regulation that is badly needed. But I know that uh, recently the uh, administration came out with its quarterly regulatory agenda where they kind of lay out uh, all of what they want to do, what they're working on, what their long-term plans mm-hmm. are. And it, if I'm not mistaken, that this is one of those regulations that was directed by Congress, but they have determined that they're not going to move forward with it.
1: Yes, that is true. Um, doesn't appear to be um, you know, any rulemaking in the near future to address this problem. So that is of concern to AGC and our members. And so we'll continue to work um you know, with Congress and with the uh, agency responsible for promulgating the rule to um, figure out how we can get this moving. Right, it's all about,
0: you know, protecting our guys and making sure that they go home at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. I want to thank AGC's Kevin Cannon for joining us today. Everyone, be sure to check out www.agc.org safety to learn more about uh, the fatality study and the highway work zone survey that we talked about here. Uh, and be sure to check out the silica webinar that's coming up to help you prepare for compliance for this big upcoming OSHA rule. I want to thank everyone for listening. This has been the AGC Constructor Cast.